Hello, and welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you are listening. This is a place where I talk about holistic health and health optimization and women's health and female health and nutrition and like holistic living and just like so many different things kind of under one roof, under one podcast, but very much with the value that optimal health is best done from a holistic standpoint, meaning it includes like nutrition, lifestyle, supplements, sleep, stress management, some pharmaceuticals as needed, et cetera, et cetera, environment, you know. And so that's kind of like what we talk about here. So if you're new, welcome. And if you are an OG, thanks for coming back. I had a a really funny, I guess kind of funny, a friend of mine sent my podcast to his aunt and he sent me a message on Instagram yesterday and he's like, oh my gosh, my aunt loves your podcast. And I was like, just so cute. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. So shout out to all of the aunties and uncles out there listening. I hear you and I'm here to support you. Before I jump into this today's episode, I actually want to just quickly bring this up and put this out there as it's something I'm thinking about. So I... You know, I have a university degree. I studied international relations with a specialization in global health. And then I went back to school and I studied holistic nutrition and I am a registered holistic nutritionist. And something that I've been thinking about in the last year or so is kind of going back to school. I don't want to say school because like I'm 29. You know what I mean? Like it's not really school anymore, but like studying again and getting more certifications and more education, let's say. So something I'm thinking about for this year is education that aligns with some of the values that I've talked about. So, you know, functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, that type of thing. And I'm I'm looking at different programs and different courses, and I'm trying to understand and see what makes the most sense for me, for my business, for my practice, and like where I want to go. I <laughs> I like being a nutritionist and I could do a whole podcast episode on my experience with studying and if I recommend it or not, that's not what I want to do right now. However, I think it's quite limiting in what it can do for people. And even when I was studying nutrition, I felt this way. I felt this way before I started studying nutrition. Originally, I wanted to be a naturopathic doctor and was looking at going to school in Canada for that. For multiple reasons, I just decided it wasn't for me and it wasn't something I was going to pursue at the time. And, you know, now it's been a few years later. I'm, yeah, I'm just looking to kind of like educate myself and round out my education in terms of holistic health and specifically women's health. So I started looking into functional medicine and functional health. And there are a few different schools in the States, again, schools like institutions in the States that teach functional medicine. However, my issue is that, again, I don't know if I want to get some sort of broad degree or certification in functional medicine. I think I want to get something more specific that I can actually use when I'm creating my programs, my online programs, when I'm creating online guides and all of these plans that I have that are going to be focused on women's health. 
So everything from like the menstrual cycle to cycle syncing to fertility to pregnancy, birth, postpartum, healthy children, that entire range of life, because that's where I'm at. And I think that's what resonates most with my audience. And that's what I'm most passionate about. So it makes sense to study more specifically than just like becoming a functional medicine practitioner. So I am looking right now into various women's health programs and female health programs. So if you are listening to this and you're like, I studied this program, it was fantastic. I did this online course. Can you send me a message on Instagram and let me know what you studied and if you recommend it? I am open to various things. It definitely has to be in alignment and it definitely has to be female focused and holistic focused and also looking at the root cause of issues. So I don't want to kind of like nutrition, like I don't, I already studied nutrition. I am a nutritionist. Like I'm looking for something beyond that at this point. And so one of the schools that, you know, the institutes that I found, which looks like, to be honest, one of the better ones that I've seen is by Aviva Ram, who is a medical doctor, Dr. Aviva Ram. She's quite big on Instagram, to be honest. She's like almost 200,000 followers. And she has a Women's Functional and Integrative Medicine Professional Training Program. I think it starts in September, which is kind of like meh timing for me, but I would wait if someone recommended it enough. But this is like very, very comprehensive, this program. So I'll link it in the show notes for like other people to take a look at, but it's designed for healthcare practitioners. It's not designed for like a consumer or a you know, a mother or a parent or anything like that. It's like, you can be those things as well, but it's designed for like nutritionists or nurses or doctors or midwives, acupuncturists, that type of thing. So I'm looking at this program. It's like I said, it's very comprehensive. I'm going to read some of the topics that it's on just so that you can let me know what you think. Where, okay. So it's very comprehensive. I'm just reading it through, but it does everything, right? So it does like mind, mood, sleep. It does HBA access. It does sleep. It does blood sugar imbalances, stress, hormones. Like I'm just looking at this, like obviously functional pathways because it's functional medicine, which I'm very interested in. And I, to be honest, I'm not well-versed in it. So I'm very curious to learn about it. It does metabolism, blood sugar, woman, thyroid health. And then it also has like advanced principles and protocols. And this includes like weight, herbs, fibroids, fertility challenges, pregnancy, which I really want to get into, menopause, PCOS, endometriosis, PMS, cancer, eczema, autoimmune. I think this is likely the program that I'll study, but I also don't know a lot of people who've taken this program or anybody really. So if you've taken this program by Dr. Aviva Ram, please reach out to me. I would love to pick your brain on if you recommend it and if you think it is something that really advanced your knowledge and your career. I think I'm at a point where I am getting <laughs> I'm getting asked to show up in the female health space and I feel like I would like more education so that I can show up better. And therefore this program kind of seems to fit that, but I'm also very open to other ideas and as long as they're online because I'm like low key a digital nomad so it has to kind of go with my lifestyle. That's my little update on where I'm at in life right now. Please, please send me your recommendations or reviews, whatever. A quick shout out to the sponsors of this week before we get going on this podcast episode. 
by optimizers. I am actually doing a full podcast episode with the CEO of Bioptimizers, and he's going to come on and talk all about sleep. So I love this. They have their new sleep supplement, which I use nightly. It's a powder. You add about like four teaspoons to a glass of water, and it has all of the melatonin precursors. And one of the things I'm going to talk to him about on our podcast is like, why is there no melatonin in it? And why are there melatonin precursors? Because so many people take melatonin and I'm just really curious as to like what his take is on that, why their research and development show that it's better to take the precursors. So that episode is coming. Stay tuned for that. I love bioptimizers. As I get ready to go to Costa Rica very, very soon, I am taking multiple of their products with me. So I'm taking their sleep supplement, like I just said, I'm taking their magnesium. It's always important to take magnesium when you travel mostly because like it helps with stress, but also it helps with bowel movements. So like your diet changes so much, you know, you're sitting on a plane for so long, like there's, you know, things just aren't as regular typically. And so magnesium really does help with that. And I'm also taking their digestive enzymes. So as much as I like to try and avoid gluten and dairy and sugar and things like that, it happens where I eat it. And I take digestive enzymes to really mitigate the negative effects of that. So I love their products. I recommend them to everybody. Please, you can find this in the show notes. Take a look if you're interested in this. And also a shout out to Spermidine. I <laughs> I have been taking Spermidine for quite a long time now, actually. This is the longest I've ever taken it consistently because I really wanted to work on activating autophagy within my body, which is the cellular cleanup process. And also, I really wanted to grow my hair and nails for my wedding and for Costa Rica. So I, looking back at how short my hair was, I think I cut it in August last year. It's grown so much and there's so many new hairs. And one of the things that I do contribute to that is spermidine. I take two a day, like I said, and I really, really do value this. I think it's one of the most biohacker supplements on the market. So if you're somebody who really does value autophagy, cellular health in general, I really, really recommend you get on spermidine. I've done a whole podcast on it before, but I will link it in the show notes. And as I said, everything's on my shop page. You can go to it and use my discount codes. It's typically biohacking, Brittany and capitals, and you can get a discount. I hope you enjoy this episode. This one is really cool. We kind of went very deep on this episode. We were talking a lot about like Chinese herbs and, and tonic herbs. And we also talked a lot about just kind of life in general the way that biohacking can kind of be used as a band-aid approach. Basically, anything can be used as a band-aid approach. And we talk more about like the philosophy behind Western medicine versus not Western medicine and kind of the lifestyle cycle that we're all in right now. It was really interesting because, yeah, I didn't really expect us to go there, but I really did value the conversation and it was very, very insightful. So enjoy this episode. I think you're going to get a lot out of it as you hear us like candidly speak about these big topics of like raising children and like, where do you raise kids these days that you feel like you are living in a society that reflects your values? Like just tough conversations that don't necessarily have an end answer, but that, that do need to happen. So 
enjoy this episode and stay tuned next week for another one. If you are not following me on Instagram, please do so. It's at biohacking Brittany. I am going to Costa Rica for three weeks. So if you want to follow my journey as I go and hang out in the blue zone, the Nicoya Peninsula, I will be there. And I will do all of the natural, healthy things when I'm there. So follow me on Instagram as I share that. Okay, enjoy this one and stay tuned for another one next week. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am so thankful that you are joining this week. This week, I am diving into all things tonic herbs, specifically Chinese tonic herbs, but also mushrooms, even medicinal mushrooms. And I am joined by Brandon Gilbert from Hyper Hunt Herbs, who started this company basically from a passion. He has a passion for Chinese tonic herbs, and I know a little bit about it, but this is definitely not my area of expertise. So when he reached out about doing this episode together, I said absolutely, especially because I just went through my own season of taking specific herbs for some of the health issues that I was dealing with and actually found a lot of success through taking them. So I'm super curious about all of this. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Okay, so for everyone listening who is like very, very new to this idea, how do you define Chinese tonic herbs to the average person? Yeah, basically the simplest way to look at it is understanding there's many different classifications and tiers to taking herbs, right? So there's some that you might take for a very like acute condition under very specific circumstances. You know, herbs that are very medicinal because they can carry with them side effects. They can imbalance your system. They can be too heating, too drying, too stimulating, too depressing, whatever, right? So tonic herbs would be basically none of that. Tonic herbs would be kind of a different approach, meaning something you can take regularly over a long period of time that's not going to throw your body out of whack. It's not going to be too stimulating or too heating or really too anything that's going to throw your body out of whack. So it's something almost more like, I mean, actually in the cultures that they come from, these are things that are just kind of like a food group that people typically would incorporate in their diets under varying circumstances to just support their health over a long period of time because, you know, they're gentle enough to be taken over a long period of time, but can yield a lot of benefits. So I think that's an important thing to to distinguish tonic herbs from, let's say, most other herbs, as most herbs aren't really of the tonic category. There's maybe 5,000 herbs in the Chinese medical system, and maybe only, I don't know, 5% or less would be considered to be tonic. Hmm, okay. Yeah, that's actually super helpful because I wasn't sure what the distinction was there between just Chinese herbs and Chinese tonic herbs. So when you say like taking them for a long time, like how long are you typically thinking? Well, at least for me personally, I've been taking many of the herbs for, I don't know, almost 20 years at this point. Roughly. Oh, wow. Obviously some more than others and take breaks and cycle through, but pretty regularly over that period of time. And my immune system has improved. A lot of issues have gone away and things of that nature. Because like I was saying earlier, they're kind of a lot closer to food than they are supplements or like drugs. But also, you know, to really fit into that category, it's an even smaller selection of herbs. Like, you know, let's say in Chinese herbal 
the whole pharmacopoeia, there's only less than 5% are actually tonics. But even within that category, there's even less so that are kind of really more like the food group, which then that kind of gets into the mushrooms and maybe things like goji berries and things of that nature that are just kind of generally nutritive and supportive for people and tend to work for a lot of people across a wide range. That's the other thing too, is, you know, usually you would go to a practitioner to get a specific formula for a specific diagnosis that was completely and 100% custom tailored to your exact situation. And then when that situation changed, you would then take a different formula or you would stop taking them altogether. That's kind of the medicinal standard approach. Whereas now in modern times, kind of the more popular trendy thing is people using tonic herbs and adaptogens just to more so like support their health and maintain their health and maybe be a little proactive on their health and be preventative. So then that's where, you know, things like the mushrooms become more and more useful. Yeah, I love that. That's basically, I've done it a couple different ways. So when I was working with my traditional Chinese doctor, she's also an acupuncturist. She did exactly that. She created a formula of herbs for me to take and it's in like a powder form and I add hot water and I take it three times a day. And it was for ideally for about three to four months. It was like a specific protocol to help heal a specific issue that I was dealing with. But I've also taken mushrooms and adaptogens and different things like that on and off for years. So I guess like those types of things like reishi, lion's mane, those types of mushrooms are considered like in this tonic umbrella that you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And also they've been used as foods for quite a long time from the cultures, you know, traditional Asian culture, whether it's Chinese or Korean or Japanese. And these things are kind of just part of their culture, part of their diet, obviously depending on the region where people are, but it's a lot more common. Whereas for us, it's like an exotic new thing, you know, it's like a superfood and a amazing supplement. Whereas like, traditionally speaking, it's just been like, yeah, let's just throw this in the soup and and cook it. Yeah. Honestly, this is a little side tangent, but that happens so often where like, there's something that we love about a certain society that's like super healthy and great for us. So we take it and we figure out how to make a product out of it. And then we sell it to everybody and everybody becomes obsessed with it. Whereas like the culture that it originally came from it's like usually practiced pretty differently. It's usually taken in a different form. It's usually more holistic in nature. And we kind of just extract what we think is like the potent molecule. And then we kind of like make a product out of it. And I I think when I think about this like type of thing that happens, I think a lot about things like ayahuasca is like a prime example. Is like ayahuasca is this beautiful tradition that happens in like Central and South America And there's a shaman and it's a ritual and it's for days and there's so much authenticity that goes with it. And it's such a cultural thing. And now in LA, you can like go to an Airbnb and do ayahuasca with people. And it's like a fun Friday night. And I'm like, what? Like part of me? No, this does not work. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, that's a really big it's a really big thing that you're pointing out there. And it's it's not a new phenomena. I think this has been what the West has been doing since they encountered Eastern things from the beginning. I mean, and it, it just, the more, the more you look at it, kind of the worse it gets, at, at least in my opinion, it's something I talk about quite a lot in my YouTube channel and many videos that I make. But I mean, 
the end of the day, it's the world we live in. It's the world we grew up in. It's the system that we all are a part of. So it's like kind of just have to try to do the best you can and maybe carve out, you know, your piece of it that at least reflects your morals or your beliefs, you know, to whatever degree you can. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. Like, I think it's a rabbit hole to go down because essentially it's just like a cultural appropriation. But at the same time, obviously we want to get benefits and health benefits from these different practices or supplements or this type of thing. But I think there just needs to be maybe a bit more respect to the actual culture where it came from. But it sounds like you are definitely open to that. And you, just like you said, like you just talk about it on your YouTube channel, which I really love. And I'm really happy that you do that because this is like such an important thing for that is like, how do we educate people on Chinese tonic herbs when I'm not from the Chinese culture? I don't know, but I also do want the benefits from it. So how do you typically start to like educate your audience on this when they're kind of new to it? I mean, in some ways you just kind of have to meet people where they're at. Of course, some people really have no interest. They don't care about anything other than just the benefits, which is why, you know, I have a company and I have products and they can just get from A to B as quickly as possible. But then I also have a blog and a YouTube channel that stretches back, you know, well over a decade. So if they want to go deeper on a subject, you know, it's there if they have the interest. But at least for me, that's, you know, I've been studying Eastern philosophy since I was like 13 or 14. My mindset is always to find the best, find the most authentic, find the most effective. And just I just always have this drive, whether it's a mental defect or what, I just have that no matter what I do, I just have to push and try to get to the absolute best of it that I can. So at least for anything like traditional Chinese arts and internal arts and Chinese medicine and these types of things, You know, I started where everyone starts with just, you know, what you can find on the internet or what you can find on books. And then I very quickly realized a lot of that was actually not particularly correct or very useful or particularly. What I realized is is that stuff is just kind of like preschool, preschool level of understanding of the subject. And I think generally speaking, that's where we're like, we're not even there yet, at least culturally, like we're still not even at the preschool level of understanding. So I typically find, at least in my experience, a significant amount of resistance and conflict to my perspective, because I try to move the conversation beyond that. And a lot of people don't want to, but I, I just do that because at least for me, it's been my life's passion since I was about 13 or 14. And I've been lucky to have a lot of really skilled practitioners and teachers of the many different arts that have kind of opened open doors for me and helped me actually learn. And then also me putting in three hours a day, every day, training various internal arts to shift my nervous system, to shift my organism over closer to the frequency or closer to the mindset of the mindset that, tre- that created the traditions and created the mindsets and philosophies from Chinese philosophy and whatever. So that's kind of my goal, my aim, my intention from the beginning. That kind of obviously informs everything that I do, which is why, you know, at least for creating products and having a company, my approach is a little more holistic and really not very, it's just, it's just a bit different than how most companies go about it. And it's also just like I've been doing it since 2000. Well, I've had Hyperion since 2010. In 2010, like you really couldn't get mushrooms. You really couldn't get Chinese herbs in high quality. Like they weren't trendy. It wasn't a thing. There wasn't mushroom coffee. You couldn't go to Whole Foods or any store and get this. Like it was not a thing. Whereas now it's like a big, big trend. And I can think of at least a dozen companies 
that completely and utterly just copied exactly what I was doing, whether it's copying and pasting text from my website, literally taking <laughs> product images, taking the exact products that I have, like that degree of copying all the way to just like, you know, oh, I see this guy doing this business model. I'm going to do it too. And I mean, that's cool. That's just how life goes. I mean, it's the nature of doing anything, but it's just been, it's just been wild to, to watch and observe over the last 13 years. But then I just see people, they don't have the foundation. They don't have the frameworks. They don't have the actual skill sets that inform a lot of the stuff. So I just, it's just been interesting to watch. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. I see it a lot now as well. I was, I forget who I was talking to, but we were kind of talking about this. We were talking about adaptogens in general and even how those are just kind of like added into everything now. And it's become such a like selling point of like, have this adaptogenic chocolate. And I'm like, I don't need adaptogens in my chocolate. This is just, it's getting out of hand. Like, it's just, it's just like, why? You know what I mean? So I understand. And it's really cool that you've have such a history with this and creating content around this. And it's, it's wild that people have literally just copied your stuff, your words and your products. Like, I don't know how you found them, but I'm glad that you did. And I hope you did something about it. Oh, no, definitely not. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just part of, it's part of life. It's part of business. Yeah. And on the flip side, I'm just glad to see the industry growing. Glad to see more people getting interested in it. More people, you know, wanting to be proactive about their health and whatever. So, I mean, I'm not mad about it, but I mean, I also can't tell you how many people that have reached out to me over the years. They're like, Hey, I love what you're doing. Can you tell me your suppliers or can you hook me up with some suppliers so I can start my own company? I'm just like, dude, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, how? I'm just like, well, or you could do what I did, which is live in poverty for most of your life and then spend 80 hours a week working and learning and trying to figure something out until and then failing miserably, and then finally something works, and then you lift yourself out of poverty. Like, you could try that, and then I'll be happy to share some secrets with you. But so I don't know, but it's just part of life. I mean, I'm, I'm not mad about it. It's just how things go. But like I said, glad to see the industry's growing and people are getting more interested in their health and wanting to be more proactive. Yeah. I mean, it's also just such a compliment to you, right? Like, anytime anyone copies somebody, it's such a compliment of, they respect you enough to try and do it themselves. So, and like you said, like it's growing, which which is a good thing. And I think as common as it seems to people who are in the health industry, mainstream wise, it's still actually not at that point. Like yeah, there's not still, even close. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the average person, if heard this discussion, they'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like it would be yeah, kind absolutely. of these new words and like these new ideas. So I do understand where you're coming from. So when people come to you or, you know, watch your content, what are their like main health issues? Are there any common threads that you've like seen over the years? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think for most people, it's just stress, (laughs) stress, low energy, anxiety, depression. I mean, that's just the cluster that affects so many people. And then I think that's the underlying issue. And then that can manifest in a lot of different ways, of course. Because, I mean, if you know, you're really anxious and your nervous system's really wound up, that throws off your gut. It throws off your gut. It throws off your hormones, your hormones, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, it just, it can spiral into a lot of things. But I think at the core, that's really the stuff that it comes down to. Yeah, a lot of people struggle with stress. I mean, obviously, like, even in our world, even in, like, 
I'm in Canada. I don't know. I think, are you in the States? I'm assuming you're in the States. Yeah, I'm in uh, outside of Portland, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just up the coast. I'm in Vancouver in Canada. And like everyone is kind of stressed and, you know, this like rushed go, go, go lifestyle. So it makes sense that people are really looking for something to kind of combat that. And do you find that, you know, the herbs that you're recommending really can support that? maybe more long-term if they take it for a few months type of idea? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, things like gynostemma and reishi and cordyceps can really be life-changing for a lot of people. And I get a lot of emails from you know customers and clients that are just like, this stuff's incredible. And on the flip side, I get a lot of upset, angry emails from customers if my products go out of stock because they're like, dude, I need this. Like, <laughs> I need this. I ran out. Like, I need reishi now. Like, when can you get it back? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Like, it's going to be a couple of weeks. Like, they're like, oh, shoot, what am I going to do? I don't have reishi. So I think for a lot of people, it, it really helps them. You know, and those herbs also really helped me quite a lot, especially early on in my health journey when I was really trying to overcome a lot of different things. And I think, also, what I tend to try to suggest to people, which typically falls on deaf ears, which is just maybe look at why you're stressed and see what you can eliminate. Because how, I've, how what I'm always continually confused by is we live in a point in human history where our lives are, by most measures, absolutely more comfortable and more easy and they've ever been ever, right? And we have more access to everything that we ever could possibly want. Like things that emperors, kings couldn't even fathom is accessible to like the average person. Obviously on a spectrum because, you know, we all have come from different circumstances, of course. But so I see this, but then I see people just, oh, I don't have any time. I'm so stressed. I'm so busy. I have so much going on. And I'm like, dude, you work nine to five at a job that doesn't even really require much of you, which I don't say that to put anyone down. I'm just saying like, as a contrast, like I have friends that run multiple companies. And if you run multiple companies, you never, there's no nine to five, there's no clocking out. It's 24 seven, there's always stuff to do. And they have kids and they have a family and they have hobbies. So I'm like, I see them, they have way more going on, way more legitimate pressure, way more legitimate stress but they're able to deal with it and navigate it. But then I have friends that like have the easiest, most chill lifestyle, but there's like, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm so busy. I'm so overwhelmed. And I'm like, well, that's your fault actually. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's the choices yeah. you're making and how you're dealing with situations and responding. So I tell people, they're like, oh, how can I have more energy? I'm like, well, relax. Don't just have to be so stimulated and ramped up all the time. Maybe learn to actually relax. Maybe try to like look at your life and realize what doesn't actually really need to be there. What is like really important to you? What are the few core things that are actually important and rewarding? And then what else can you just stop doing? Because the thing is like our phones and our technology and computers, this is all amazing. But I don't think a lot of people are prepared and skilled to how to use them appropriately and not be just used by them. So we're like... I just see so many people just getting completely fried, like their nervous system is just getting completely fried from all this input, all this stimulation, all the decisions and micro decisions they have to make every second. 
that it's like our nervous system isn't really prepared for and people don't really know how to deal with it. So it's like that stuff just builds and builds and builds over time in people's nerves, but they don't really have a way to acknowledge it or release it directly. So then that usually is going to lead to a big problem. And I think just on like a wider scale, I think we're really heading into the next five to plus five to 10 years, people are going to really start falling apart. We already saw a preview over the last three years, I think, with the pandemic and the pressure that put on everyone. And I think it's just going to get worse, especially with AI and a bunch of the other stuff that's going to come on board and just completely change the whole face of our culture and society. So I think, so I, I just try to kind of, kind of prepare people like, look, maybe change your mindset, like try to get organized and prioritize your life because more information is absolutely coming your way all the time. So you need to be able to, to prioritize and deal with it and, or just be able to completely turn it off. For example, like, you know, I'm active on YouTube and I have a company and I do all these things, but I don't listen to podcasts. I don't watch, I don't read books. I don't consume content. I don't do research. I don't read articles. Like I don't engage with much content of anything of any sort over the last seven years. Cause like, I spent a solid decade, just like I worked at a library, I was in school, I just soaked up all this information. At a certain point, I realized like, okay, enough's enough. <laughs> like my nervous system is reaching a, a boi like a boiling point and I need to actually prioritize and step back. So then at a certain point, because people will ask me like, oh, who do you follow online? I'm like, no one. Like I don't, I'm not engaged in like the information business. Like if I have a problem, I'll seek a specific solution, of course, and then I'm kind of done. But I just, from what I've learned, at least from my own experience and what I've seen from other people, I think that's more of an appropriate way for utilizing the technology that I hope more and more people can learn and adapt over time because otherwise it's going to go very poorly. Because it's, it's like I go out to eat and I see people, you know, everyone's on their phones. And then not only is everyone on their phones, but the restaurant has like 10 TVs blasting. And I'm just like, and on top of that, there's music playing. And I'm just like, how do we get to this point to where people can't just sit here and eat? Or like, if I go to the gym, it's like massive music blaring super loud. You can't even talk TVs everywhere. Then everyone has headphones on and everyone's drinking like pre-workout caffeine and hydrous bcas like all this stuff and they're watching all this motivational content online and they have a coach and a trainer and they're videoing their journey and i'm just like dude you have to do all of this just to like walk on the treadmill <laughs> like oh my like how did we get to this point to where these like basic human activities require so much to do but people don't realize the strain that puts on their nervous system and how that it's like it's all these healthy behaviors that are actually i think taking people in the opposite direction which i guess is cool for me from a business standpoint because people want to buy like <laughs> herbs to help them adapt to stress so it's like it's great it's cool but i also just try to tell people like hey let's like maybe look at the human element as well and maybe use our brain and use our higher faculties to maybe look at the situation that we are in and try to adapt to it as efficiently as we can because it's you know the circumstances aren't necessarily going to change or get better but how we can respond and adapt to them is something that can change or get better are you tired of tossing and turning all night never getting a good night's rest 
Well, you are not alone. Over 70 million Americans suffer from insomnia. That's why my friends from Bioptimizers have some great news for you. They have created Sleep Breakthrough, the ultimate solution to consistently getting your best night's sleep. Sleep Breakthrough is the first fully optimized, delicious sleep drink designed to help you fall asleep in minutes, experience deep, high-quality sleep, and wake up feeling refreshed and energized every morning. If you happen to wake up in the middle of the night, Sleep Breakthrough will help you fall back to sleep in no time. This means you can say goodbye to lying awake in bed, stressing about when you'll finally drift off, and no more groggy mornings or feeling like you didn't get enough sleep. You can visit sleepbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbrittany to learn more and order now. In addition to the discount you get by using my discount code biohackingbrittany, for select orders, you'll receive a pair of blue light blocking glasses and other special gifts. So go right now. This is the drink that I use every single night to help me sleep and be refreshed for the next day. And you can try it too. This is a limited time offer. So don't wait and go to sleepbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbrittany. I will also put this in the show notes and on my website. So it's really easy for you to find. Yeah, I relate to so much of what you talked about so, so much, like as a biohacker, it's, yeah, I was just, I don't even know where I was. I was thinking about this. I was talking about this. You know, we do so many things to like hack our health or bring in these healthy habits, but if we actually just lived a much simpler life, we probably wouldn't need to do all of these things and we would probably be healthier than we are right now. Yeah, And that's like a very like sobering thought because it's just kind of like, what's the point? <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, what's the point in, you know, using red light therapy every day? Like, why don't you just go out in the sun and like actually get some UVs on your skin and feel good that way instead of like using this device that's obviously also emitting EMF. And like, I, you know, I'm kind of on the fence of, of both types of ways of living because I understand that's not possible for everybody. Exactly. Both ways aren't possible for everyone, but I think so many people are overstimulated and I include myself in that. Like I, when I'm overstimulated, I'm so irritated. (laughs) I'm irritated at at everyone. I'm irritated at myself. And it's because I've been on my computer, on my phone all day. And then I watch Netflix at night and then there's just no like time to just like be a human without electronic interference. And so that's why in the mornings I go and I walk my dog to the ocean or like I go for hikes and I like exercise more outdoors now than I do in a gym because even though I might not be like weightlifting like this impressive amount or, you know, doing something, I don't know, whatever else that is impressive, like I actually feel better. Like I feel better absolutely going for a walk in the forest for an hour than I do on a treadmill going uphill, even if I burn more calories in the gym. So yeah. Yeah, that's all so true. And I think one thing I realized at a certain point is like people are just biohacking so they can do more biohacking. <laughs> like <laughs> what I a parallel I can think of is like people that get rich teaching other people how to get rich, teaching other people how to get rich. It's like what's your business? Oh, my business is teaching other people how to start a business. Oh, well, what's their business? To teach other people how to start a business that teaches other people how to start a business. So I was like, "Oh, okay, it's 
basically this just like self which it's, it's not to knock it because it's like you were saying for some people you just kind of we all have to do the best we can some things are practical some things it's like well this is all i can do so this is going to be beneficial of course but it's like once we reach a point to where we have all this extra time and energy and resources to just I mean, as much as I love Ben Greenfield, I think he's just like a great example of it when he's, he's like, I, I see his like daily routine. I'm like, dude, he has to do like a thousand biohacks just to like, just to like write an email. I'm like, really? Like he's just biohacking to biohack, which I get that's his job. That's his career now. So it's like, I understand, but it just at a certain point, I'm just like, this is not actually healthy. It's the opposite. It's like, I remember when I learned about orthorexia. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> I, was, I was in my early 20s and I was like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> this makes a lot of sense. But like I said, it's just, it's the world we live in. So we have all these, we went from like no solutions to like, here's a million solutions. So it's like, now we have just to be able to sort through it and try to figure out what actually makes sense and is totally. useful for us. Yeah. The crazy thing is, is like we have all of these solutions, including like herbs and biohacks, but we have all of these health issues. So it's not like we're a healthier society right now. I mean, I guess we are from one standpoint of like, we're not dying from different plagues as much as maybe we did at one point, but like chronic illness and things like infertility and those types of things are increasing. And so it's like, if we have these solutions, like, why aren't they working? <laughs> yeah, no, that's so, that's so spot on. Yeah. And then when, when you try and explain to people, it's like, okay, the best biohacks in life are actually free. So go outside, get some negative ions, go for a walk, get in nature, get sunlight, sleep properly. People, they just roll their eyes. You know what I mean? They start yawning. They're like, I don't care about this. Like, it's not sexy to try and sell a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> they want to know like what device to buy. So it's, you're like, okay, well, I told you what to do. <laughs> I mean, the, it just reminds me of this reflex that I saw in myself pretty early on in my journey where the things that I actually needed to do, I didn't want to do. And I just see it when I talk to people or work with people where the thing that's actually good for them is the thing they actually don't want to do. But usually the thing that they is bad for them is the thing they want to do. It's like doing mm. things that are positive are actually usually kind of boring or very uncomfortable. Like if I just wanted to do what felt good and was exciting, I would just order like Pizza Hut deep dish and play video games all day because that's the one of the most exciting short-term enjoyable things I can think of right now but like versus I'm like well or I could just I don't know eat normal food and then go hike for three hours or do like an, a workout that's more boring and it's not actually that rewarding or interesting so I understand that reflex in people I think it's something that we all have and it's something that I've tried to weed out in myself at least <laughs> some degree but it's funny you mentioned that earlier because I actually made a video, I think last month, that was pretty much the exact point that you just made, but it was towards like the therapy and self-help and kind of spirituality world where I was like, look, you know, the hippie movement or whatever started in the 60s in America and, you know, it was supposed to be this revolution of consciousness and progression and all these things and introduced all these ideas and concepts and modalities and traditions to our culture and I'm like, at what point are people going to 
realize that maybe they got a, some things wrong because now we are what 40 you no know, 60 years later and people are more mentally unwell more mentally distressed than ever before but they're doing more of those things than ever before i'm just like look guys like maybe something's off but again that stuff is boring that's uninteresting but if i made a video that was like take these 39 supplements people like it'll get way more views like I, I can i just i do i sometimes i make videos as a joke just to check in and see where people are and the views will be like exponentially greater oh but i'm just gosh. doing the video as like a versus the real stuff that's actually helpful and beneficial it's like crickets but i mean that's just human nature we all for whatever reason have that reflex <laughs> I think it's so hard. I It's just so hard. Like I, I work online. I have an online business. Like I'm a content creator. My partner, like my fiance, he works online as well. And we can work anywhere in the world, actually. So we talk a lot about like, do we actually want to live in America, like in Canada anymore? I'm Especially now, as we start to talk about like having kids, I think it's like really changed my perspective because I'm like, I don't want my kid to be like the kids that I'm seeing today, addicted to their iPads. You take the iPad away and the kid loses their mind. It's like such an addiction. And I, I just worry. I worry for the next generations that are coming. Like I didn't grow up with tech. Like, yeah, we had a TV, but like I got my first cell phone when I was like, I don't know, 15 or something. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just you know, kids with iPhones at the age of eight, like really worries me. And then, yeah. So part of me is like, okay, well, maybe we move to the beach in Costa Rica and like, we just tap out of this lifestyle <laughs> because I'm like, I, you know, I would just naturally be biohacking every day because that's the kind of lifestyle that you would lead down there. So, but obviously that's not the solution for everyone. Oh, there's so many mixed thoughts and contradicting thoughts about this stuff. It, it's really tough at this point. I mean, there's definitely a big case to be made for relocating because i mean in in many it's which is very sad because in many ways america is a, an extremely amazing great place um which is why i think people from all over the world do literally anything they can to try and get in here it's just kind of unfortunate the downturn that we've seen and especially having kids like i that's yeah you're that's just so concerning and so crazy to me and i mean I, i've i have friends who like, I don't even think they really talk to their kids because it's like everyone comes home from work and school and immediately TV and phones. And at the dinner, everyone's on their phones and the kids can't wait to go get on their iPads. And then, of course, their kids are developing behavioral issues. Their kids, like, don't respect them. They don't have any sense of responsibility, like normal kid stuff, but worse, I think. And I'm just like, I just I think that's the biggest thing that's going to really harm people and does harm people is that human element because one thing i realized early on is at least for myself a lot of the things that i was seeking externally through stimulation i actually should have been getting from my cl my close relationships like those things should be providing a lot of the nourishment and satisfaction and like positive feelings to put it simply that you like that you're seeking and then maybe your work is something that you find rewarding. So that's, you know, another thing like these basic life, it's like we've been saying these basic life things is kind of what should be really stimulating and motivating people. But now everything's outsourced to social media and 
you know, all these other things, which of course, it's a great tool. It's an amazing resource. But again, I don't know that we really know how to use it appropriately. And especially for these younger generations, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I have friends that have younger siblings, you know, they're, they're these kids are nine, 10, 11, and they already are watching porn and like stuff like that. Wow. And I'm just, and they're introduced to it and it's normalized like at that early age. And I was like, Oh my God, I, like I, <laughs> So I see exactly what you're saying about, do I really want to put my kids in this situation? Especially if your kids are going to try to eat healthy and just eat normal food and have normal things. Like they're going to be outcasts. They're going to be, you know, socially isolated. They're going to be made fun of like all these weird things, especially as things get more crazy. So yeah, I totally, I totally hear where you're coming from on that. Yeah. It honestly just feels, it kind of just feels like an uphill battle at this point. Like I, I do love Canada and like I I was originally born in South Africa. My family immigrated here and I'm a citizen and all these things. And like there is a lot of opportunity here in the infrastructure and like obviously like the schooling systems and that type of thing. But when I think one of your top values is like optimal health, we'll call it, it's hard to kind of see how that would actually play out in a day-to-day life having a kid here now. And so I I don't know. I'm just at this weird point in life where I'm not sure what I'm going to do because I don't want to have a kid who's addicted to screens and like low-key doesn't like me. And I have to rush them to hockey practice every day and we're stuck in traffic and there's noise and pollution and, you know, it's raining outside. There's no sunshine, like all of these things. I'm like, okay, like where is, how is this good for us? Because my kid can skate on the ice and then be addicted to his phone right away afterwards. And like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying like, I don't know. I'm not, I have no like firm conclusions at this point, but it's very challenging. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah. I understand. I mean, those are all really, I think, good questions. And yeah, I, mean, I have, I have friends with kids that they've raised their kids kind of alternatively and the contrast between their kids and the kids in their peer group is like staggering. They're bigger, they're healthier, they're smarter, they develop more quickly, they're more intelligent, they're more aware. Like it's just, it's just, I mean, I don't have kids myself. I've not necessarily had that desire, but it's been amazing to just see it in my friends, just the differences that these small things make, just like raising their kids, eating normal food. You know, like just basic, simple stuff like that. And their kids are just so much healthier and more vital and more mature than the kids in their peer groups. Like it's, it's ridiculous. That's awesome. I'm glad that you have like people in your life like that, that you can see it as an example. That's, that's really great. Like I just, yeah, it just feels like an uphill battle and I would love to hear what they would think or people like that think, because even things like, you know, having a home birth feels like an uphill battle or deciding what vaccines your kid gets. If you don't agree with what the government says, you have to fight against that as well. So you're kind of just, I don't know, you're I like, I, it's not that I can't like, you know, fight for these things. It's more of exactly what we said before is like, my nervous system doesn't need this. <laughs> Like it doesn't need this. So, but then we can swing back and like, obviously I can take certain herbs and different things to help. So we'll, we'll see. Do you have any woman who, a lot of my audience is women. So do you have any woman who come to you 
with specific health problems that are related to women and maybe you recommend like specific herbs for them? That's definitely been something I've been trying to think about for <laughs> as long as I've had the company because at least for men hormonally speaking it's it's a little it's a little more straightforward like here's a men's health product easy for women's health it's not quite as that cut and dry from what I've seen just because the mechanics are a lot different so there's I don't sell anything particularly that's like targeted for women in their issues specifically but I mean obviously things like reishi or cordyceps or lion's mane or gynostemma can be very useful and beneficial just across the board especially gynostemma you know it can regulate so many different functions in the body but at least at least what I can hypothesize after you know 38 years of knowing women <laughs> in many different capacities in terms of like one of the core things that I see causes a lot of imbalance, at least according to like Chinese medical theory, is women are really governed by blood, which is like, I guess, kind of obvious. I mean, if we just look at the menstrual cycle and how important that is, but at least if we take it deeper in Chinese medicine, the way blood is understood and the way it affects our psychology and our digestion and basically every process in our body is an extremely deep thing. So basically, it just, what I see that causes women a lot of problems is mental, emotional stress that causes constraint or perceived constraint that then translates to their liver and then their liver becomes constrained, which what that means is their liver doesn't process blood like it should. So then their hormones get out of whack, their, their menstrual cycle goes out of whack, their mental, emotional balance goes out of whack because those are all processes governed by blood and the stability of the blood. Um, but then the biggest thing that can throw that out of whack is like this perceived constraint, which again, that can be an even bigger <laughs> conversation if we start talking about cultural and social dynamics and then the, the amount of constraint that that can put on someone. That's a whole other conversation which we won't get into. But I've just seen that to be really the core thing so if people or if they wanted to learn more about basically just eating foods that nourish the blood and things that move the blood, those are basically the biggest things that can benefit women across the board, whether it's a hormonal thing or food thing or an energy thing or, you know, like across the board, those mechanics are typically what is at play. Or if they're cold all the time, same thing, like that's all just aspects of blood because the thing is, is our blood, our blood in our body doesn't really move in the way in which we kind of think. Like we think our heart is just pumping and it's just, just like pushing blood all through our body. That's really not how it actually works. Like a lot of people have a lot of blood stasis, which means their blood is really not moving very well, which means their fluids in their body aren't moving very well, which basically creates a lot of internal discomfort and creates kind of the breeding ground for a lot of imbalances to arise. So just with those kind of mindsets in place, I think that's a really important thing. Also, because I mean, if I generalize, which hopefully doesn't offend people too much, but it, at least to me, I kind of generalize that women typically, obviously not all women, but women typically as compared to men tend to be a little more emotionally oriented. And obviously, if you talk about the heart and the emotions and the blood, like obviously, that's all interrelated that also relates to your liver as well. I just say that because like my emotional range is like, I didn't get something, so I'm annoyed. 
or I'm afraid something might happen, so I'm nervous. Like that's about my emotional range. <laughs> like there's not there's not a lot of fluctuation or cycle or ups and downs. So it's not a very deep, like profound relationship to emotions. Whereas a lot of my female friends, they have a much more deep and intricate and profound relationship to emotions than I do. So that's kind of why I say what I say, but all of those things can definitely mess with the blood. So obviously, like that's why it's a little more tricky to like have a specific formula for women although i think any formula that is like supportive for moving the blood would be really useful for women but i think that would be something that's probably better for someone to go to an acupuncturist or a chinese herbalist to get just so that person can make it specific to them and they'll get the best results rather than like going on google and being like blood moving formulas and like trying to do yeah i just think that's at least from what I've seen, that's the biggest thing. And also like PMS, for example, basically is just blood stagnating in the liver to use Chinese medical terms. Because like I've experienced that before. I've had liver chi stagnation, which causes my liver to get stagnant, which means then I get bloated. My digestion gets thrown off. I'm really irritable. My mood is up and down. Like it just throws everything off because those are, it's like really the stabilizing element in our system. So that's, that's kind of why I say those things and why generally speaking for women supporting the blood and moving the blood, either obviously through what they eat and then through how they move and exercise, which I can, if I can share an unpopular opinion um, based, based on Chinese medicine, women should not be vegetarians because of the blood aspect. It's not, not to say that they have to eat meat like every single meal, every single day, but like, because I, I know some some women that are like vegetarian 90%, but then around their cycle, they'll like eat some beef just for the blood nourishing aspect and then they're fine. So it's kind of, it's one of those funny things. I remember one of my Chinese medicine teachers was talking about it. And of course, people were super upset. And he was just basically like, usually the people that want to be vegetarian shouldn't, you know, if you think about like a stereotypical, like kind of like, super flexible kind of yogi kind of chick. she probably should not be flex should not be a vegetarian whereas you think of the exact opposite like kind of a guy who's like well i can think of one of my friends he's like six foot three super robust super warm all the time weighs like 200 and something pounds he could actually be vegetarian and kind of be fine so it's it's but he'll he never would be because he's like no i need my meat so it's like it's just it's another one of those funny things where sometimes we do the thing we want to do that sounds good is actually not the thing we need to do. But that's that's kind of why I like the Chinese way of looking at things is because it's actually understanding the organ systems and the organ functions and basing things off of that solely. So anyways, I know that's maybe a little unpopular for a lot of people, but... That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think there's a lot of vegetarian biohackers, to be honest. Like That's great. I'm very happy. I just don't... I mean, I know there are, and there are vegan vegan ones too, but I would say that a lot of biohacking people talk about organ meat and raw milk and grass-fed meat and that type of thing. So, and that's definitely like the, the stance that I take, like I am a nutritionist as well. And I am not vegan or vegetarian. I never have been. And all of my friends and clients that have been at one point have all, and like their women have said, I was so tired. I was so irritated during that time. I hated everybody. You know, there was, they just didn't kind of feel that like life force. It's like a very Chinese term, life force, right? Like they just didn't feel 
that like, they didn't feel good. They didn't feel good. And so I, and I, I don't know, I agree with that, but you know, to each their own. As a biohacker and somebody who is just super into health, especially on a cellular level, I really, really value autophagy. And there's different ways to trigger autophagy, like fasting. But as someone who, you know, is very wary of her hormones and menstrual cycle right now, fasting every single day isn't something I am currently looking at doing. However, you can trigger autophagy through taking spermidine. So I take spermidine from a company called Spermidine Life. I talk about them on my social media as well. And essentially, I take two of their supplements every single day. Autophagy is the cellular renewal process that happens. And when you take spermidine, you are helping to trigger this to happen more often and more frequently. And so basically, you are getting healthier, more active, cleaner cells, and kind of killing off and getting rid of the ones that are sluggish and old. And we really, really do want to help this process and let it happen more naturally in the body, but we can also support it through taking spermidine. This process decreases as we age. So it actually gets more and more important that we, you know, bring in things like a spermidine supplement to support it. You also notice a difference about two to three months after taking spermidine every single day in your hair, skin, and nails. It has made my hair grow. My nails are so long right now. Seriously, they are so long. And it really helps you have glowing, healthy skin. So it helps with longevity. It helps with cleaning up your cells. And it helps with all of the beauty things that we all care about. You can try Spermidine. I suggest it. They even have a subscription. So you just sign up for a subscription and then you don't even have to think about it. It just gets delivered to your house. Isn't that so easy and smart? I take their current one that's called Extra Plus. This has 1,300 milligrams of Selvio wheat germ extract in it, which is the spermidine. You can go to my website, www.biohackingbrittany.com, go to my shop page and click to Spermidine Life right there. Use my link, use my discount code, which is Brittany in all capitals, and you will get a discount on everything. They even have powder forms you can add to water. They have stronger forms, which I'm taking right now, or you can take the basic formula. There's lots of different options for you. And it will be linked in the show notes of this podcast episode as well. So go right now, try Spermidine Life if you want to enhance your autophagy, support your longevity, and also get some hair, nails, and skin benefits. Quickly, before we wrap up, just for men, for the men listening, is there kind of a different organ that you associate with men? If like woman is more liver and blood, like what would you say for men? Yeah, men, I wouldn't say it's necessarily an equivalent thing just because we don't have like a menstrual cycle. So men are actually a little more, I don't know, just simple and straightforward, I think. So like taking products and stuff is a lot easier. It's like boost testosterone, easy, done. But also, I mean, for men, I think... Obviously, if we were to say an organ, we would, could probably look at the prostate because that's a one thing that as men get older, it tends to be something that causes problems. And sadly enough, even for a lot of younger men, I mean, I'm talking to some of my friends that are pharmacists and they have people in their late 20s, early 30s already getting Viagra and Cialis 
prescriptions and like having severe, you know, erectile dysfunction, all these things. So, I mean, to to your point earlier, yeah, like we are healthier in many ways, but in many ways we're actually a lot worse off. But I think something like nettle root is really one of the better things for men for a couple of reasons. First is it supports the prostate and prostate health in a pretty general sense. So it's just kind of a nutritive supportive thing to kind of add in, especially as men get older, like, you know, 20s and 30s, maybe not that big of a deal. But the second benefit it has is that it can actually raise our levels of free testosterone because there's testosterone is kind of a whole complicated chain of events, let's say, but really what matters is the amount of free testosterone, meaning the amount of testosterone that's actually available for our body to use. Because we can have a lot of testosterone, but it can be bound up by a certain constituent in our body that makes it pretty much useless to our body. So nettle root is cool because it binds to the thing that binds to testosterone. So then it can actually allow us to naturally have more free testosterone without having to take something to ramp up our testosterone. Uh, which to me, that's a smarter approach because you're getting more, you're getting more from less. Whereas a lot of people want to take herbs like Tonkat Ali or Maca or a bunch of other things, which can be okay in a short term sense, but typically your body will regulate against it and it will stop working. And for a lot of people, it just overheats them because a lot of men actually just want to be more and more overstimulated and they think that's normal. When in actuality, if they can lower the stimulation and relax and be softer, then they'll have more energy and they'll have more. Because it's a good way to illustrate it is like if you walk around and you're constantly contracting your bicep because it makes you feel strong, you're just basically building tension in your nervous system, right? But the irony is, is that actually the more that, let's say your bicep can relax and lengthen, you actually increase the contractive potential that it has but you're doing it from the opposite mechanic. But a lot of people live their life as in, oh, I'm constantly contracted, so I'm feeling a lot and a lot's happening and I'm stimulated, so that must be positive. But it's like, well, no, you know, for the short term, it's fine. But in a long-term or long-term scheme, you're probably just depleting your system or putting more tension into it, which then you're going to then have to do another thing to counteract the thing you did and it just creates a whole other thing. So, so I, I just from being a guy, from having that mindset for many years, that was a very useful lesson <laughs> for me to learn, especially you know, once I got into my 30s and think my hormones started changing a little bit, you know, because it's, you know, you're in your 20s, like it kind of doesn't even matter. You can do whatever you want, <laughs> but, yeah. like, but you can't really live that way as you get older because you really start paying the price. And then basically the last thing I'll say is like how you live in your 20s determines the life that you have in your 30s, how you live in your 30s determines the life you have in your 40s and on and on and on. So it's like there is a cumulative effect where some of the stuff we experience today isn't necessarily a symptom of today. It's something that we're paying for that we did, I don't know, five or 10 years ago or whatever. So that's why my approach is always tries to be a little bit more long-term, a little bit more gentle and not quite so aggressive or overstimulating. So I think there's enough of that in the world and that's that's kind of our all like I think our many of ours like natural inclinations to just like ramp things up more when it's like I think maybe we need to go the opposite direction sometimes. Yeah, I love that. And I know that you sell nettle root extract on your website. I'm looking at it right now. 
Exactly. Yeah, I just I just brought that back because I had so many people that were genuinely upset that I because I dropped it from my website for a while because I was like, ah, it's not really selling that well, and you know, compared to like the other herbs, and like people were really pretty upset because they were like, this has changed my life. It's changed my health. I've tried everything else. There's nothing else that's as good. This quality doesn't compare. And I'm like, okay, dude, sorry. I'll I'll bring it back. <laughs> yeah, 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 and. For men who are taking that, you just recommend like a teaspoon a day type of idea or how much do you recommend? For all my powdered extracts, like quarter teaspoon is pretty quarter much teaspoon. all you need because they're wow. all quite they're all quite concentrated and potent. So the dosage is pretty low. Some people do take more, but I just always recommend start with less. And if you get the benefit from a quarter teaspoon, then you don't really need to take a whole teaspoon. So people just can kind of just judge, you know, kind of based on their own experience and how they're feeling. Yeah, I might order some for my fiance because he he takes a herbal blend right now to support his testosterone levels, but I actually don't know if there's nettle root in it. I'm going to go look at it after the show now that you brought it up. There's obviously like maca, some other things in there as well, but it might be good to just take this like pure extract as well and see how it impacts him. Yeah, it's great. I typically, when I take the nettle root, I typically notice it after a couple of days, at least for me, it kind of it, let's just say increases my libido to a pretty noticeable degree. Not that I necessarily was looking for that benefit, but that's also why I don't really take it that much. And it's also different than something like maca and many of the other things that people take for their hormones because your body will, like those products will basically stop working at a certain point because they're working on your endocrine system to such a strong degree that your, your system just kind of like rejects it at a certain point. So you kind of have to, you have to cycle them and it's a whole other thing. Whereas nettle root, it's a little more nutritive and doesn't have those sort of like side effects. Yeah. I've heard that about quite a few different herbs and adaptogens actually. It's like taking a break from them, cycling them. It's not the type of thing you want to be on the same one for years, which is a lot of us just want to take a pill for the rest of our life and not think about it again. This is not the case. So if people want to try the nettle root extract or some of the other products that you have, where can they do that and where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So my main website is hyperionherbs.com. And then people want to, people have questions about anything or need guidance or want to learn more about anything we talked about here, they can definitely contact me there and I'll get back to them. And if they want to learn more about any of the other kind of random stuff that I talk about. And they can go to my YouTube channel, which is HyperionTV.com. And there's like, I don't know, over 700 videos on that channel at this point now, covering a, a wide range of subjects. So those are the two places. Also on Instagram, at Hyperion Herbs. And that's it. That's, that's where I'm at. That's awesome. I will link all of that in the show notes for everybody as well as my website so they can find you super easily. Thank you so much for coming on. This was such a great discussion and I, I really appreciate you sharing your insights with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.